Hello and welcome to another very special episode of I Love That Ad. Joined as ever, the wind beneath my wings, Shane W. Brennan. Hello Shane. How are we? And it genuinely is very exciting today to have an absolute legend of a creative director, uh, Mike Garner, on the show. Mike, welcome to I Love That Ad podcast. Thank you very much indeed. It's an absolute uh, pleasure to have you on, uh, Mike, and I think there's probably uh, probably no one who's listened to this who doesn't know who you are in the industry at this stage. But if, if for some reason you're, you're brand new to, to uh, advertising in Ireland, Mike is creative director uh, behind some of some of the most legendary ads and agencies uh, across across Ireland. And uh, some of my favorites are are Lidl, uh, the Lidl, should I say, uh, Shall I Compare Thee is my is my personal favorite, uh, as well as uh, a plethora of amazing print work the irish examiner uh, investigate series is is ones that come to mind uh, straight away so it's it's genuine honor to have you uh, on the podcast well, thank you very much indeed yeah it's great to be here um and when i was looking at some of the the body of work uh, just refreshing myself before the, the podcast you 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 and the agencies you've been involved in and i know this is kind of uh, it's 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 individual talent but it's also teams can make can make things better as well in terms of you know, bring each other forward, and especially with creative endeavors, and that's been going on for a long time. Uh, where, where wherever you you seem to work, and kind of it opened up the question that I all kind of continually get is, is creative is creativity a finite resource? Uh, is there is there a time where it, it ends, or is it is it is it is it something that can go on infinity uh, with the right yeah, uh, environment? Great, great question. Um, we probably need a few points to actually get into this. <laughs> <laughs> so right, probably... right, a bit too hot coming in with that yeah, question. Yeah, like, Jesus, Aaron, Aaron exactly. into, yeah, yeah. It's like that scene in Almost Famous. You know when he the, he starts interviewing him, he's like, "When did you become a real journalist?" <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yeah. No, I mean, amazing question. But I mean, I, I think the very simple answer to that question is. Uh, something John Hegarty said, which I just think is brilliant, which is, you know, he said, you know, creativity is not an occupation, it's a preoccupation, you know? Um, and I think that's, you know, it's a very smart answer, but it's also pretty good, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, creativity is not at all a, uh, a finite resource. You know, it's really a question of, um, you know, whether whether it's important in, in what you're doing, you know? Um, you know, and it can be, you know, it could be a chef, it could be a musician, it could be, you know, anything, you know, but um, there's no limit to it, you know. Um, uh, I remember I was at um, Offset a couple of years ago and at a talk and there was a, a young student. Um, I don't think he'd started work yet. I kind of hope not. But um, <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was, he was basically, he was kind of saying, um, you know, do you think old people can be creative, you know? <laughs> No, I was gonna. You know what? I've just finished making, you know, sixteen TV commercials. I've just won awards for this, that, and the other. And you know, I think, you know, I'm I'm of a certain vintage. So, so no, absolutely. You know, I don't I don't think there are any kind of limits to it. It's really a question of whether it's important to you. You know, because I think okay. by the same token, there are an awful lot of you know um, advertising networks where it's not a priority. You know, um, you know, other things are well, money basically are a priority. You know. Um, so, um, but no, it's definitely not a finite resource. That's uh, the quite interesting prioritization becoming a key factor on whether whether your yourself or your agency is is creative. Yeah, uh, that's I hadn't I've never even thought of that or heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to get into this now. I mean, some of the stuff I want to talk about in terms of the ads I've chosen to um, show kind of illustrate some of this, but. You know, I think I think um, there's probably a lot of formula um, in um, the work that's produced. Um, you know, and I think things like you know certain kind of award systems. Um, I mean, Can in particular, you know, have been creating a certain kind of work within the industry. You know, so people work to the formula that will win Can. You know, unfortunately. You know, as we now know um, from most recent research, you know that isn't advertising that necessarily works. You know, mm -hmm. um, so you know there's a whole bunch of issues kind of around that. You know, um, but it does depend on what your priorities are. You know, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, 
Rochere, who you know, I worked with for years in chemistry. Actually, I'm working again now with actually on a consultancy basis. But he he always said, you know, you can't franchise thinking, you know, and I think it's really true. And that's kind of one of the problems that, you know, the larger agency networks, you know, face in that they need to franchise thinking across different territories, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, the fact that they have to please the shareholders, you know, in order to do that means that, you know, um, you know, whilst creative is not a finite resource, you know, you will get better ideas if you allow people more time, you know, mm-hmm. and and last you to come up with them, you know, um, and also to change their mind. It's like, you know, quite often it's like you've got the whole thing worked out and, you know, it's a day before the presentation. You suddenly go, actually, you know what? We're doing this completely wrong. It should be that, you know? And then, of course, <laughs> you've got to throw it all out and start again. But, you know, in certain agencies, that would not be, you know, um, something that people want to hear, you know? It's yeah. like, yeah. hang on a second, you know, have you seen your timesheets, you know? Uh, <laughs> you know? So I think creativity is not a finite resource. Um, you know, time is. And the fact that we have an industry now which is which relates creativity to um, time spent, you know? So, you know, you've got three hours to work on this press ad or three hours to work on this, mm-hmm. you know, digital post or whatever, you know? Um, you know, it means that you're going to get a certain type of work back from that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. It's, uh, it's, it's really insightful because, um, yeah, the, the time. And, and we found just naturally over our own time, and I think this is common, common across, across a lot of creatives is, is when you give time something to breathe or even just sit in the subconscious for a day or two, it's it's miraculous it literally feels like like it's, magic the way things work itself out well it's amazing i mean that's that's actually i mean that's something i, I kind of write about actually there's um there are two there are two books actually which produce the same idea um there's uh, george wallace the art of thought and um there's another book produced by a copywriter from chicago called a technique for producing ideas um you know and they're both essential reading for anybody who does what we do Mm-hmm. But, you know, both of them have the same process, which is, you know, you spend, a, you know, a very, you know, a period where you familiarize yourself with the problem, you know, um, the context, everything to do with what you want to do. Um, and you you apply a lot of conscious thought to it. And then then you walk away from it. That's what you have to do. You have to walk away from it, you know. Um, and, you know, you know, it's been said, it's like, you know, if if you go back and check in, if you try and rush it, you know, it's a bit like a gardener pulling up vegetables to check the roots to see how they're growing. Yeah. You know? Like it, <laughs> it's not particularly productive, you know. Yeah. But then it suddenly hits you. You suddenly go, oh yeah, of course, you know. And it's it's that famous aha moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you have a period where you kind of go back and you you sense check it against what you're supposed to be doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And hopefully. Hopefully it fits the brief, but um, you know it may not. It's it's not a it's not a linear process, you know. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I, I was saying this to someone this week actually because she was uh, we were working on a script. I was working on a script with a planner, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I think she was getting a little bit frustrated with the backwards and forwards on it. And I was saying, you know, um, do you know Luke Sullivan's definition of creativity? You know, um, so Luke Sullivan, who was CD at um, uh, an agency in San Francisco, uh, Sylvie Golders, uh, could be Silverstein, sorry, um, said basically um, in his book, Hey Whipple, Squeeze This, he said, um, advertising is like washing a pig, you know? Um, he said, you know, no one knows how to wash a pig, you know? You're never sure when you've finished, and, you know, and even then you're not quite sure why you're washing the pig in the first place. And, you know, it's just a brilliant... <laughs> I mean, I think I, I use that quite a lot with people because they kind of, I think people do expect it to be a much more yeah. kind of linear process. And, and of course, that's what the, you know, the large network agencies would love if it was a, mm-hmm. a factory process, you know, input, A, output, you know, yeah. effective advertising, you know, and, and unfortunately, it's a very human business, you know, so... I thought it was interesting on scripting, just talking about time. I, I saw an interview with Taika Waititi talking about his film scripting and the way yeah. in which he writes. And his thing, his rule is he writes, because obviously a draft is better than no script. 
So yeah. he just, even if he's not feels like he's not ready, he just does a draft. He just yeah. gets something on paper, which I adhere to. It's just get. I need to get the process started because then I can make it better. Yeah. Um, he leaves it in a drawer for twelve months. He walks away. He forgets about it, and then in twelve months, he's like, "Who wrote this?" And then he <laughs> reads it, and then he goes, "If he still likes it, then he develops, and if he doesn't, he gets rid of it." And yeah, he goes, yeah. he goes. I know that's not realistic for most people in, in turnaround times. He goes, but that's what I do. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I, I love that distant. I love yeah, like working on something two months ago, leaving it alone, almost forgetting about it, forget having it on a list somewhere that I have to come back to it, but then forgetting the list even exists. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, then you stumble across it, and then it either lights you up, and you're like, yes, I do want to progress with this, or you're like, no, that was terrible, put it aside. Yeah. And it's that time, it's that kind of removal from it, I think. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's great. But of course, you know, what you're talking about there is a slightly different thing because, you know, where the, the creativity that, that I'm involved in is applied creativity. Yeah. So it's creativity to solve a problem, you know, whereas, you know, I mean, my, my wife works in the proper art world, you know, um, you know, and she constantly reminds me, you know, it's like, that. that's art, you know, what well, we, you know, so it's a bit like script writing. I think, yeah. you know, um, put it in a drawer, leave for 12 months, perfect, you know, um, yeah. And then see where it takes you, you know, because an, as a, an artist um, with no fixed agenda, you know, then you've got much, you know, greater territories to travel, you know, I think in many ways, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas with advertising, it's like, no, actually, you know, what you're trying to do is is change a piece of behavior, you know, or, mm-hmm. or possibly sell something. Um, uh, so, you know, um, uh, there's a very precise requirement, you know, that yeah. the thing has to do. So... So I think it's a slightly different process to... Uh, For sure, on. yeah, yeah. But it's that kind of accompaniment of time being needed regardless to, to totally. assess, you know what in, I mean? In, in, in the, both the, cases, yeah. 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 John Cleese has a lovely, short, very digestible book uh, that kind of summarizes his process. He came out with it two years ago. Um, you devour it in an hour, but it's it, again, it harps to, 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 to time and just ignoring something, coming back and uh, even using an example of where he had an amazing script and he lost it uh, and then so he had to rewrite it and then he, he a couple of months later he found the original one that he lost and he realized the, the one he rewrote from memory was much better because they had done uh-huh. the workings uh in in the background and i i know we're gonna we're gonna get into your ads and i'm dying to get into them but i, I do have one question i have to ask you mike because mm. your portfolio of award wins is uh is, is is the the stuff of dreams <laughs> that people would want? You, you have all the big ones in there: oh, DNAD, Can, uh, ICAD, AdFX, Work, uh, One Show, um, literally uh, the the who's who's of awards. So to win those awards, I'm not looking for a cheat code here or anything like that. But can you give us a, a, even a, a really brief insight to to your creative process? How do you go from brief coming through from client to blank page? You know, what's the, what's the things that help unlock? your problem-solving ability for, for, for these briefs? Um, so I think a few things. Um, I think the first thing to say is that I've never really put awards as the thing that I wanted to achieve, you know? So they're a byproduct, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of also, also always thought, you know, that money's a byproduct too, you know? It's like money and awards, you know? It's like those things come if you're doing what you're doing right, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so um, so that then, you know, when it comes to the awards thing, I mean, there's such a lottery anyway, you know? Unless you are constructing things specifically to win certain awards. And there are, you know, there are people who do that. There are, mm-hmm. you know, parts of networks, you know, who... Um, you know, specialize in producing work for can, you know, quite often for clients who don't, don't exist. Um, and that's a whole other thing. Uh, that's a whole, and so that's just so far removed from what I do. Um, in fact, that, you know, I, I, I kind of rather despise that actually, to be honest. Um, so, um, so I think awards, um, and, you know, just secondary thing, you know, money are, um, you know, kind of byproducts. I think the the things that feel important, you know, one is um, what Rory Sutherland called it many years ago, um, uh, a well-furnished mind, you know? It's just like, you know, just be interested in people and stuff and mm-hmm. 
you know, and talk to people, you know, it's like, um, you know, so I think, I think that's important. I think, and kind of related to that is curiosity. Um, so I'm probably just saying things that feel very obvious, but um, I think curiosity and then also just not settling, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, yeah, you can, you could, you, you can win ugly, you know, as they say, you know, um, but that's kind of not the point. The point is you want to, you know, you want to win in a way that's, you know, breathtakingly beautiful, you know, and exciting and, you know, or funny or, or you know, or interesting, you know. Um, so does that answer the question? I feel like I sort of dodged your question somehow, but I'm not. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, a, it, it, it's a good view on, on awards. And I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's their, their, their byproduct. But, but what I was trying to get at is, is more of, is there something that, that you could, you, a process you you put in place or when you're when you're looking at a brief that helps you fast track to the solution or do these ideas just hit you when you're going for a walk home after working well, on the brief okay so very specifically day? i mean i think i think you get to a point where you know you've made enough mistakes um so age is good i think i think i you know i think now at this stage i look at things and go oh, you know what that's got potential yeah we can probably do that um and um you know so i think you can kind of intuitively you know and i think experience brings you that you know because you kind of know what it's like when you've picked up something enthusiastically done loads of work on it and it's it's not good you know it's not not good on any level you know and you know um yeah and we've all we've we've all done that i mean uh, you know it's like it's it's a truism to say that failure is is the you know um i mean years ago when we were working in direct mail actually when we had um we set up uh ogilvy one in this market um uh and one of the one of the parts of the portfolio was direct mail you know and what i always thought was really interesting was that people would work on this kind of response you know rate of you know whatever it is you know two percent response rate or you know 0.8 response rate but actually, you know, what what you're ignoring is the fact that you, you're generating a huge amount of knowledge, you know, um, in terms of what not to do. And, you know, so many times, you know, I think the reasons why people reject what you're saying is is so much more instructive, you know. Um, yeah. So I think that's one thing. And then I think just on a personal level, um, I... <laughs> I um I, I really love that space between being awake and being asleep. You know, I I totally treasure it. Um and uh I use that. So, but I used to use it I used to try and direct it, you know, when I was younger, to solving specific problems. And you can kind of do that. But actually it's much better to just kind of make stuff up you know and see where it takes you you know and i find that's actually you know very often if i'm working on something you know it's those moments when you're not fully conscious um that the intuition is just telling you everything you need to know you know and and then you know what's interesting about that is that you have this kind of idea and as soon as you you know tell someone or you try and write it down or you try and visualize it you kind of go, oh, that's not as good as the thing I felt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think what you have to do is kind of go, well, be honest to what the intuition was telling you, you know? Um, yeah. Because that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah. And that's, you know, I know it sounds kind of weird, but, um, and that's when I think you, when you see something, I mean, it's actually interesting because we had um, it's exactly that example, which was we had a thought. Um, it was actually amongst the team. The thought came from somebody else. Uh, the thought actually came from the client service guy. Um, and, you know, the planner and myself both thought there is something incredible in this idea. Um, but we were finding it really hard to articulate it, you know. Mm-hmm. And every time we articulated it, it felt like it was a bit less than the thing that we all felt, you know. So I think it's been true to that. I think it's... Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's if you feel a pressure drop from what you think the idea is mm-hmm. to um, 
you know, uh, to its articulation. And this is always a problem with, you know, and I love, I love mentoring young talent, but it's always a problem with young creatives. You know, it's like they, they kind of have an idea and then it's almost like carrying water in your hands, you know, that by the time the idea gets produced, yeah. the, the idea is actually gone, you know, and yeah. all the other elements are still there, but it's like, you know, where was the idea? You know, it's like, and I think, I think actually knowing, you know, you know, you present to the client, the client says, well, that's great, but can we change this? You go, yep. Can we change that? Yeah. But it's really important to know, well, actually, you know, if you change that, you're going to change the idea. So yes, you don't want to it's touch like that. Ed, Ed Cadmill in Pixar, I think he used to call the, that moment is it, the, the idea is not, uh, 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 is it an ugly baby where you, you can't really, it doesn't really make sense, but you yeah. have to protect it. Uh, for it to grow to get strong enough to stand on its own but you have to protect it in the early days yeah uh, s- straight off the bat and actually on that process of your you know in between dream state almost um for the ideas i think thomas edison i think it was edison who he had a process to 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 shortcut that where he would go for a nap purposely go for a nap but he, in his hand he would hold uh, ball bearings and underneath would be a metal bowl so when he was about to drift into deep sleep and his muscles relax the balls have fallen and wake him up. So he's he was constantly trying to wow. manufacture that. That's that, interesting. That in, bet, in, in between state. Um, let's let's jump into your ads because we yeah. we could talk all day. <laughs> Genuinely could talk all day. So we better get into the ads at some stage. So Mike, what are we going to see for our first ad? Okay. So what you're going to see first of all is uh, it's a really wonderful piece of work. It's um uh it's for three um the uh, the mobile communications company. Um, and it's, uh, it's basically a dancing Shetland pony. Um, uh, and, um, it was shot by, uh, Dougal Wilson, who's probably Adelan's favorite director, um, or has been for a while. Um, but, uh, it's a lovely piece of work. So let's have a look at that first. So what do you think? Do you, do you like? I don't know. I'll be honest. I, d- I don't know if I like it. I, 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 I kind of see what they're doing, but I, d- I don't get it a little bit. Yeah. But then at the end, the tagline, okay, it's just to, to, to watch crap on your phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. I, yeah, think yeah. I think it feels quite nice when you yeah. watch it. I think it feel you get that, like, uh, before my brain kicked in. So I was, as in, like, I was just watching it, and then I was like... Um, Oh yeah, I like this. I like the movement of the Shetland pony. This is fun. I this is making me smile. It's making me yeah. smile. And then I went when it started moonwalking. I was like, I wonder if they tried to get Michael Jackson <laughs> music. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think it's I think it's really nice. I think it uh, it ticks an awful lot of boxes in terms of like just being able to, like I think sometimes you can have stuff like this that is tough to watch through the yeah. whole way, especially when they try to go really out there with it. But I think it's, yeah, it's really nice. I'd say it did quite well for them if I was, if I was. Well, that. that's, that's exactly the point. James. That's the one I want to make. Cause, um, yeah. you know, it, it didn't, you know? Really? Um, yeah. So it's, it's, I, I think it's a lovely piece of work. I think it's just really yeah. hugely, hugely charming. Yeah. Um, uh, and, um, so I, I actually got hold of, uh, so we, you know, I think probably one of the best forms of, um, little commercial plug here, uh, one of the best, um, research companies um, for qual research of spots like this mm-hmm. is um, System One, which is, you know, Orlando Woods uh, company. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to them a while back because I was really interested in the role of music, you know, because I think music's just, you know, 
yeah. such an emotive thing, you know. And if you get the music right with the images, then you know. Um, and they they showed me the scoring for this, and it got you know an unbelievably high score, um, which in System One is a pretty good indicator of you know business results. So you know you know Shane, you'd be dead right. You'd expect it to do really well for them, you know. Mm. Um, but the but the problem was that this was I, I think the story was that it came from. The kind of digital side of the house as it were at one point you know marketing departments i don't know if they still are but marketing departments were separated in the kind of digital you know social bit and then the you know the the um whatever you want to call the other bit traditional above the line you know, yeah. the, the, the big screen stuff you know? yeah. um and um you know it sounds like the idea had come from that side of the house but what had happened was basically they hadn't capitalized on it you know so I'm trying to think of a good metaphor for this, but it's a bit like, you know, um, you know, having a huge amount of, you know, fuel to launch a rocket, you know, mm -hmm. and basically what you're doing is just setting fire to the fuel. And it's like, yeah, it looks great. Um, but it's not doing anything, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, really what they should have done was, you know, if, you, if you're going to do something like that, then, you know, the Shetland pony then becomes like a meerkat, you know, it becomes a fluent mm. device. It's something you then apply to other communications, you know, you put it into low interest environments, you know, um, and, you know, you, you maximize the, the asset, you know, uh, sorry, I, I actually hate people calling works of art assets, but, you know, um, but you know what I mean, you know, Yeah. No, um, okay. but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something which, um, uh, because of the way it, it was deployed, um, you know, got huge, massive traction, um, and and also shareability, you know, in social media. Um, but you know, did it do anything for the brand? I mean, who knows? I mean, probably uh, very little actually, apart from a kind of slight warm feeling, which you know was never capitalized upon. You know, yeah. so sorry. Sorry, I think what's interesting, just as you said that because this is such high quality and obviously done quite recently. What I was surprised about when I was watching, it was like, because obviously an awful lot of investment went into this from yep. buying yeah. money and the director and the CGI. The great alone. I was like, <laughs> why, why haven't I seen more of this Shetland pony? Yeah, that, that's exactly why I was like, why is this? This looks like the start of a strategy that's going to go on for 10 years. And exactly. uh, that that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I was it's ex saying. exactly the point. And, and you know, the, the problem is that, you know, Orlando Woods, you know, been talking about this idea of fluent devices, you know, and, um, you know, and I think it's really, really important. I think, you know, there's, there's two types of fluent device, you know, you can either have, you know, a character, um, you know, who can be a meerkat or, you know, you know, um, you know, Churchill or whatever, you know, um, um, but then you can also have, um, a fluent device, which is a fluent device structure, you know, so, should have gone to spec savers, you know, is a fluent device structure, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it just means you keep deploying the same thing over and over. Um, and, you know, it works, it works. It's, that's how you build memory structures, you know, um, without being too, you know, what's the word, too academic about it. But basically, you know, we know that the way advertising works is through mental availability and physical availability. So if you want to create mental availability, then you need to create things that will stay in people's minds, you know, um, which you can then activate. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, large, well, sorry, fortunately for me, <laughs> large amounts of other people in advertising seem to ignore that fact, actually. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, probably should be talking about this, actually. It's probably doing my career damage, actually. But, yeah. <laughs> You're letting out all the state secrets now. I know, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and what is it? When we asked you to, on, on the on the podcast, why specifically did you want to use this as an example of one year one year ads? Well, you know, it's really interesting because I, you know, I, I gave it a lot of thought, and then I was thinking, and then I kind of realised actually, I realised all the conversations I've had, which is, you know, in my heart of hearts, it's never about just an ad. You know, mm -hmm. like we all talk about ads because it's easy to say, oh, I like that one, I don't like that one, you know, and they're 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 currency, you know, they're, they're things that. We can all have a view on, you know, um, you know, and, and that's why. I mean, when we're in chemistry, we we actually invented a thing we called uh, creative planning because we just realised that, you know, if you put propositions in front of consumers, you know, people, um, 
you know, they can't tell you what is a good proposition and what's a bad proposition, you know. Um, but you show them an ad, they go, oh, yeah, okay, great, you know, and, you know, you, you get some kind of response to it, you know. Um, but what what's interesting is that, you know, even, you know, things like Ehrenberg Bass, who would be the, you know, Byron Sharp would see himself as being, you know, the Mr. Spock of, of marketing, you know, in terms of it being very academic and rigorous. Um, but, you know, when they when they show work, they show individual ads, you know, and it's like, it's, come on, that's not how it works. You know, we know, you know, it's like, okay, so you've got a brand ad doing, you know, the brand job, and then you've got the, you know, so it's, you know, you've got the whatever, you know, saying, you know, creating a warm feeling about the brand. And then you need the piece of point of purchase, close to point of purchase, which says, you know, get three for the price of, you know, five or whatever, you know, um, yeah. you know, you know, buy these now and get a free whatever, you know, um, or something which actually will convert that warm feeling into purchase. So, um, so the long answer to your question is, um, the point I wanted to make was, you can like certain ads, but actually, and I like that ad, but, um, you know, I don't love it because it's not, it's not effective. And therefore, it's like, it's, it's actually a huge waste of money and resource, you know, so, um, you know, and um, whereas, you know, I think other pieces of work, and it's interesting, actually, Australia have just launched a new tourism mm -hmm. campaign. And uh, I showed it to my daughter uh, about half an hour ago. I said, what do you think of that? She said, oh, it's horrible. It's terrible. You know, it's terrible ad, you know. Um, and, uh, and it is. But I am <laughs> really interested in, and basically, it's got, it's got everything. It's, it's uh uh, it's say good day to Australia, and mm -hmm. it's got like a little. Have you seen it? A little animated kangaroo, seen it, yes. animated yeah. kangaroo, animated unicorn. Um, a and they've you know they've got a um, a First Nations choir doing a version of um, Men from Down Under. You know, so it's got lots of lots of stuff going, going on. Yeah, um, sounds but, crazy. But, well, yeah, and, and is do I love that ad? Oh, I don't know if I love that ad, but. Yeah. Um, really fascinated to see i'd love to see the results yeah because you know? yeah. i have a suspicion it's exactly what's needed in terms right. of building mental availability and driving purchase you know okay. um yeah so yeah, watch the space then for that um then for our second ad we're going to see from you then is uh are, are we going to turn the tide on yeah on, on, on what you just said yeah and this is this is this is the exact opposite so this is you know i mean unbelievably effective work um so you know People in Ireland may not be familiar so much with the the kind of the British tea market. It's, it's very similar in in that, you know, people have their preferences, you know, and they stick with them, you know. Um, and, you know, getting people to change their preference in tea is, I would have thought, one of the hardest jobs, you know, you could possibly decide to take on. But Yorkshire Tea have done this, you know. So they've gone from... Um, uh, have gone from, I think it's something in the low teens um, to somewhere in the mid-30s in terms of market share. Don't quote me on that. Wow. But it's, it's that kind of scale. And they've gone from being, you know, originally there were kind of two brands leading the market and then the also rands. But they've actually gone to number one, you know. So they've they've actually taken over the number one spot in tea. And, you know, I don't know what that's worth in terms of money, but it must be you know, millions, you know? Yeah, um, that's, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a really interesting um, case study, you know? And um, the, the work's interesting because, um, you know, it's very much driven by the client, actually. Because the client, um, and the client had actually come from the digital side of the house, actually, it's interesting. Um, uh, that was the way he kind of got into the marketing department at, um, at Yorkshire Tea. Um, but they were doing all kinds of things, you know, very early on, which had the signs of where they were going to go. So he was, he, I think his first kind of big foray was um, observing on Twitter that there were all these people from uh, Yorkshire all over the world who were complaining about the fact that, you know, and they're working in California or wherever, you know, that they couldn't get a decent cup of tea, you know. 
Mm. So he basically did this activation where he drove, um, uh, uh, they, they, they sent a tea truck over to the States, or sorry, they, purportedly. Um, I'm sure they found the tea truck in the States and built it there. <laughs> um, but drove it around, you know, and drove it around and made, and made you know, proper tea for people, you know. Um, um, and that eventually is what becomes the proposition, which is, you know, um, Yorkshire tea, you know, from Yorkshire where things are done proper, you know. Mm. Um, and it's a very, very simple idea. Um, and then, of course, what they do is because things are done proper, then, you know, if you're going to, in fact, actually, sorry, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say any more. I should, let's see the work and then, cool. then we'll talk about it, yeah. Good morning, Yorkshire tea. Oh, we was meeting the farmers in Kenya. Let me just check if he's back. Just popping you on hold. Putting you through. Yorkshire tea, where everything's done proper. Good morning, Yorkshire tea. I like that. That's great. Yeah. Great. Are, so, so are Kaiser we Chiefs from Yorkshire? Yeah, yes, apparently so. Yeah, okay. I was like, I, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I really hope they are. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, I wasn't quite I think I updated the deck actually. I sent you a couple. Um I also sent you the interview. Did you see the interview? Is that there? No. No, we have no. the Kaiser okay, Chiefs so, one. Let me Google right. it. So they get Kaiser Chiefs to, you know, do the whole music. Um, but for, you know, interviews, um, for interviewing new staff, they get um, uh, Michael Parkinson, you know. Um, oh. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> just great, you know. Um, That's brilliant. And then for, you know, the leaving do, obviously there's the fear about, you know, making the speech and will the speech be meaningful for the person who's leaving. And, of course, they yeah. get Scott, you know. Um, so, it, and it's, it's, it, on the surface, it feels like a, a celebrity route, you know, that we're all very familiar with, but it's being used so well to support the idea that, you know, if you're going to do something, do it properly, you know, mm. um, and that then just transfers to the quality of the tea, you know, so. And I also like the kind of, the opening line being, no, he's off meeting the farmers in Kenya, as in showing that hands-on yeah. and proper as to assuming it's the CEO, exactly. and I just think that's a lovely. Yeah, we're gonna just put that in here, and now on to the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's nice. yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So, I mean, sorry. Sorry, no. Go ahead. No, I mean, I, I probably spoke a lot, kind of in the, in the kind of early stages before we showed the work, but um, you know, in some ways, you look at that work, and it's it's not, you know, it's not particularly clever, you know, mm -hmm. but, you know, and it's not particularly groundbreaking um and in a way it feels maybe a little bit familiar um but all those things are you know are things that have actually served them incredibly well you know um and i think this is one of the things about you know um this guy called paul felwick has written a couple of books about advertising which is just amazing really brilliant very insightful books um and um what he says is, look, you know, it's 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 basically show business, you know, um, and you know, you need to get people's attention, you need to engage them, you know, um, and you know, you need your work to be popular, you know, and you know, I think this is one of the things that things that Orlando Wood talks about as well is that, you know, back in the you know the kind of seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, advertising that won awards was also massively popular, you know. Mm. Um, but now if you look at the work that's in Cannes, you know, I mean, apart from the fact that, you know, some of them may, <laughs> may only have been seen by five people, you know, um, but generally speaking, it isn't the big popular, you know, um, stuff. So I, I don't know, um, uh, what the awards record is of the Yorkshire Tea work. Um, it'd be interesting to track that actually, mm. but it's just been phenomenally successful from a brand point of view, you know, um, so I think, you know, and this kind of points to a problem we have in our business, you know, um, you know, as in, uh, you know, I think industry, the industry is at a, you know, uh, a kind of turning point in many ways, you know, because, um, you know, if we continue to back work and produce work and value work that isn't effective, um, you know, then we are going to do ourselves out of a job eventually you know um 
almost like a death spiral. It is. It's very much like a death spiral, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they're they're not light words. You just said there. <laughs> they're, that's quite heavy. No, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and 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 you know, what I find really extraordinary is actually the the lack of awareness in our business. Um, you know, amongst creatives, amongst you know. Mm -hmm. Um, less so with planners. I mean, most planners at this stage would be pretty familiar with the basics of effectiveness, but but it isn't common knowledge amongst creators, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of what works and what doesn't. You know, I, I was chatting to a couple of guys um, recently, you know, and you know, um, they're actually you know friends, and they've they've done extraordinary work, you know, which has won awards, you know, all over the world, you know, can DNAD, everything, you know. Um, but, you know, we were talking about the basics in terms of effectiveness and, you know, um, the knowledge isn't there, you know. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, there's a guy called Steve Harrison, actually, who was also a, he was a creative director at Ogilvy One at the same time I was. And he's, he's um, written a book called Can't Sell, Won't Sell. Um, and he says, look, you know, when you've got a young couple in your office who've just mortgaged their house, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to set up a business and they're relying on your advertising to, you know, basically realize their investment, you know, um, you know, you need to be sure that you know what you're doing, you know, and, um, you know, I certainly wouldn't hire a plumber on, on the basis of, you know, the kind of knowledge of effectiveness that is in most agencies, you know, so, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a serious problem. Um, I think it's an interesting point because I found when I started in advertising, when you started seeing the international awards, one, I had to go hunting to find what won awards. I was like, as a, yeah. someone in advertising, it should be, in, I should know these campaigns as yeah. in, and then you go to the stuff and I, once again at the start and I'd, uh, you'd be trying to find out like what it is and what, it, how long it ran for and everything. And there'd just be fucking no information. And I just thought, I used to think that was really strange when me and Aaron were younger, we used to talk an awful lot about that. And I just think it's a, it's, it is a really, it's, it's a really important point. And it's something yeah. that, you know, you can see it getting worse. <laughs> it's just, and there's, cause there's more ads, there's more awards. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely, and then you see something like this, that's so engaging, so simple works effective as you like you can see the mm -hmm. growth of the brand engage in the audience by having loads of variations therefore the audience can come with their own imagination their own ideas as to what would be done proper like yeah. Yorkshire tea and it becomes a slogan and yeah I just think it's uh yeah it's interesting and it's good work to make that point with you know yeah, for sure absolutely. definitely yeah yeah we just saw two two sides of the coin there mm. and big valuable lessons in it um where are we going to go from here Mike <laughs> okay so um the other person that I think in terms of, you know, I love that ad, this is stuff that I just, you know, I, I really, it makes me happy. It makes me so happy looking at it every time. Um, so, and it's really interesting because when I was a uh, credit director at um, um, Ogilvy One, uh, um, you know, in the in the 90s, um, Rory Sutherland was a credit director, as, as well as Steve Harris, you know, and um, you know, there was lots of interaction between in the network. It was actually a really good network at that point. And um, you know, one of the interesting things was that um, you know, I heard these guys talking about this guy called Howard Luke Gossage, you know. And I'm kind of going, who's that? And it's a bit like, you know, Shane, you're saying, you know, you were you're looking for this work and it's hard to yeah. find. You know, I'd never heard of this guy because he's not in the canon. You know, the canon is you know, we think about, you know, the Bill Birnbacks and the David Ogilvies, you know. Mm -hmm. But what I thought was really interesting was actually the upper echelons of Ogilvy One. And they, these are people who actually met David Ogilvy. You know, at that point, he was still around, you know. Um, and, you know, he, you know, so they'd actually met him, you know. But the, the guru, the person that they really admired was Howard Luke Gossage, you know. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, Gossage is this just incredible character. Um, so he was based in San Francisco. He had an agency in an old fire station, um, about 30 people, you know, um, and um, he, uh, he chose what he wanted to work on. He worked in a very particular way. Um, and he recruited just the most extraordinary 
people. So you had, you know, Ken Kesey, you know, one floor of the cooker's nest and full mm-hmm. acid tests. You know, I mean, San Francisco at this point in the 60s, sorry, which is when Howard Gossage is working, you know, everyone around him is taking acid and, you know, <laughs> smoking dope and, you know, doing all sorts of, <laughs> all sorts of things, you know. Um, and he's in the middle of all this, you know. And um, so he get, gets Ken Kesey in to write some copy and he gets um, John Steinbeck, actually, John Steinbeck um, to to work on uh, uh, work as a copywriter, you know. Um, but he also, he works with um, a guy called Landor, who then produced a company called Landor Associates from a design point of view. And um, he also launched the career of Marshall McLuhan, um, uh, the medium is the message, you know, so who was a great friend. So basically they'd have these lunchtime parties uh, in the fire station um, with this mariachi band, you know, and then just produce this amazing work. I mean, the work is just completely wonderful. So um, uh, he, I'll, I'll talk you through some of the work actually, because then you get a sense of, of what he's doing. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, the first thing I put here was a quote, which was, you know, you know, he, he just, he, he says incredible things, you know, so he's a copywriter, okay, that's mm-hmm. his trade. And he said, look, you know, nobody reads advertising, people read what interests them. And sometimes it's an ad, you know, and that is such an important point, you know, um, you know, you, you have to attract people to what you're doing. That's the Paul Felwick point about, it's like putting on a show, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also said another thing, which I think is incredible, which was, you know, when you're putting a piece of cheese into a mouse trap, always leave enough room for the mouse, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is incredibly useful advice. Yes. for the young the young creative because you know or the young client who wants you know it's like we've got all these great things about this product let's tell everyone you know it's like well no you know and it, you want people to lean into what you're doing you know you want people to kind of go what's that you know so you don't want to complete it for them you know you want to leave room for the mess you know so the first piece of work um i want to show you is uh, this which is um it's a piece of work for Qantas. Mm-hmm. And it's be the first one in your block to win a kangaroo. Okay. So this is his response to to brand advertising. Okay. So Qantas came to him with a brief, which was they wanted to um, name their their new aircraft. They wanted to give it a name, you know. And they they thought that was an opportunity to engage with the public, you know. Um, and actually, I and maybe that's not even true. Actually, I'm 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 guessing that's what the, the brief was. Maybe maybe the brief was actually just brand awareness. Um, but anyway, the, the the what they settled on was this competition to 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 name the, um, the plane, and just the way he goes about it is just this outrageous. You know, be the first person on your block to win a kangaroo. You know, like as though you know there's going to be a lot of people doing this, and you know. Um, and then the other kind of trademark piece, and at some point, if you can find examples of these, you know, online, then it's really worth reading the copy. The copy is just beautifully, beautifully written. Um, and um, but on everything he does, he 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 puts in a little coupon, you know. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons he kind of came to the attention of the guys in Bobby One originally, because you know so much of their business was around direct marketing. Yeah. Um, but you know. What he's doing with the coupon is actually just opening up a feedback loop, you know. So, you know, years before, you know, digital, years before social media, he's interested in the conversation with people, you know. Um, and and he's not underestimating the intelligence of his audience, you know. Mm. He's kind of going, you know, yes, let's have some fun. You know, you, you know I'm going to sell you something, you know. Yeah. Um, but let's enjoy doing it, you know. And this is kind of the point that, Felbert makes with, um, you know, why does the peddler sing, you know, which, you know, the, the peddler sings because he wants to sell stuff, you know. Um, so, um, but I think, you know, this is the first piece of work from Qantas. And then the second piece of work is even more wonderful, which is um, New York child wins kangaroo, her first. <laughs> <laughs> and again, just carry on with this gag. It's like, you know. It's 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 the her first the is what's hilarious. <laughs> It's just complete genius. Um, and as I say, the copy is just really gorgeous. Um, but I won't go into 
because we'll get lost in that. And, yeah. um, but if, if anyone's interested, then look the stuff up online. Um, there's a great book actually called The Book of Gossage, which I've actually got just behind me here, actually, um, which is wonderful, but uh, with all the copy in. But um, yeah. Okay, so then, well. um, so, you know, and then you've got um, the work for FINA, you know, uh, for Petrol. And, um, you know, what's interesting is that he came in just after, so basically you had Russell Reeves who invented the USP. So Russell Reeves is the character that Don Draper's based on in Mad Men, as you know. Um, and, you know, you had people like Bill Burnback and David Ogilvy coming in and trying to do more kind of charming advertising. But, you know, they were still burdened with the, the idea of the USP. You know, there had, had to be a unique selling point. Though mm -hmm. so you couldn't just sell petrol. You know, it had to have some kind of amazing, you know, technology which made the petrol superior, you know, which is what led to things like put a tiger in your tank, you know, which is kind of contemporary to this. Um, but, you know, he's what Gossage does is the complete opposite. You know, he kind of recognizes that this is a commodity, you know. So if you're driving down the road and you see a Fina station, and it's funny as night, you don't have to make a U-turn through traffic, and there are six cars waiting, and you need gas or something, you know, please stop in. Um, <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's completely gorgeous. Ask. <laughs> and he... He actually then does the asterisks that actually yeah. link to the if you if you, you look at the copy carefully. Um actually I don't know if you can actually blow that up when, when you show it in the edit, but um you know, you, the, the asterisks that actually link to, you know, the point he's making, which is what they sell, you know. And, and of course everyone's gonna lean in and read Yeah. That first ad. thing, first thing I did the minute I saw the asterisks. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's so oh, you just so just absolutely oh, gorgeous, just, gorgeous work. Um, you just don't see as much work. You just don't see that type of stuff no. anymore. You know what I mean? And we it's funny because we recorded another episode there with um, Emerlon from Starcom the other day, yeah. and she brought some old stuff from her days back in Buffalo when she was a kid, and it was yeah. similar type of work. It was it was that older school work, but just so powerful and just yeah. so you're just looking at it like why don't we do where why where have we left this behind us? Because yeah, anytime we so look at it, we fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like... uh, the fact is, it's still so fresh. I mean, you know, this has inspired a lot of people. You know, um, and it's a real it's a real kind of underground following. You know, so you know. Um, all kinds of credit directors, you know, work that you'd really respect. Mm. It's interesting if you scratch the surface, you kind of go, oh yeah, Gossage, yeah, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, his influence is still kind of felt, but I think I think you're right. I think, you know, we're not in a golden age of advertising, unfortunately, um, you know, for a number of reasons. And I think, you know, you know, we talked about the corrosive effects of the, you know, the awards on the business, um, but then you've also got this battle between performance and brand, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically a three-way battle, which is, is, is not is not producing the best work. Um, yeah. But uh, this stuff is just gorgeous. Now, and it's, it's the kind of radical nature of it, I think, which is so interesting. Mm. Um, and then for years, so basically he was approached by um, the uh, um, distillers of Irish whiskey uh as a group and mm -hmm. they asked him to um to do some advertising for them and so so what he did was he did these little and i'm not quite sure what size they are um i imagine they're little kind of quarter pages mm -hmm. in the new yorker you know and um and basically he's he's recognizing the environment he's in you know because people are reading the new yorker mm -hmm. they're there to be entertained you know so yeah. Flahulik, if you look at Flahulik, yeah. um, so um, so what he did was basically he did a series of these ads, um, and they started to get kind of real, kind of underground, not underground, whatever. He started to get lots of kind of positive feedback to to the ads because they were so charming. So then, when he realised he had a following, what he did was basically this incredibly bold thing, which no one's ever done since, which is on this ad Flahulik. He puts he basically he runs out of space so at the bottom he says continued next week <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's so far removed from 
interruptive advertising. This is advertising you're looking forward to. It's like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. You know, this is where we left off last week, you know. Um, Fucking, that's, it's just genius. It's just... It is genius. It's so, so refreshing. It's ballsy. Look at it. It's so fucking ballsy. I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. Um, there's there's a he, lot of trust in, in, in the creative ability there as well. As in like, yeah, this will work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's terrifying, almost the way he does it, but like so gorgeous at the same time. Yeah. So the, apparently there was um, uh, so the Irish government got very interested in what mm-hmm. the um, distillers have been doing with uh, Howard Lagosage, and they basically brought him over to Ireland. Um, so this must have been you know late sixties, early seventies, I imagine. Um, and um, they they wanted him to work on the tourist business brand. Um, and uh, so basically he came up with uh, an approach, which was just such, and again, you, you'll, you'll see how similar the approach that he came up with is to the work he does. Because his approach was basically to say, do you know what you should do? You should ban people from coming to Ireland <laughs> unless they have a good story, they can sing, you know, well, they could tell a joke, you know. So th- th- this should be the entry requirements for coming to Ireland, you know. Um, and the Irish government at the time were kind of going, "What are you talking about? You're crazy," you know. So uh, we're, we're trying to and the opposite of what we want. To exactly, do. you know. Whereas, you know, what's proven by the work there is that, you know, when you do something which appears to be doing the opposite, then it's enough to make people stop and lean in and engage, yeah. you know. Yeah. Take, um, take the obstacle and make it, make it the hero. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. That's I didn't great. know about his work because me and Aaron would be big, big whiskey fans, and obviously we know the oh, history really? of Scotch and Irish whiskey going into America, column stills versus pot stills, and all that stuff. So it's interesting. I, d- I didn't actually know about this piece of work, so it's it's cool. I'm actually gonna do. I'll do a lot yeah, of reading you on should. it now. Just curious. Oh, yeah, it's lovely. It, it really is. It's, it's so much fun. You know. Yeah, it's lovely. It's gorgeous. And his explanation of flahulik. Is there's actually a piece? Yeah, you know, if you read the copy with Flahulik, yeah, it's lovely. You know, he talks about things that are Flahulik and things that aren't Flahulik. Um, yeah, yeah, Flahulik. I see that in the image. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna right, read yeah. all these. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, there's, that's 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 less. I love that ad and more. I love that uh, ad man, uh, which is which is brilliant. That's like yeah. a treasure trove for people to lose their yeah. afternoons on. What did yeah. you say the name uh, of his go, book was? The... So basically, if you're interested, then then this is really worth okay um, getting hold of. So for, anyone, called... for anyone, yeah, who's listening, yeah, what's it called? It's called the Book of Gossage, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's all the work plus a load of essays and um, other stuff. It's just really. Completely gorgeous, um, and you know it'll be more educational than almost any other advertising book you can buy. You know? yeah. Love it, <laughs> amazing. That's, that's, that's amazing. Well, Mike, they're they're uh, a, a serious collection of ads, but also felt like I was on a deep dive education course there uh, in, in in good advertising. So that's that. There's a wealth of knowledge off that. So thank you so much well, for, for for everything you've contributed there and what you brought to the table. And as I said before, we could talk for for hours on end um, and hopefully we'll, we'll have you back on the podcast another time to do to do just that um, if anyone is is kind of uh, listens to this and is really interested in your work and kind of actually wants to get in touch with you or, or, or work with you on a consultancy basis are, are you open to work or, or what yeah absolutely yeah um, so mikegarner.net is the, the website so um, you know if anybody wants to have a look at the work and um, or get in touch then lovely that'd be great you know um so uh yeah yeah i mean I'm, I'm, there's also one other thing that i'm kind of looking at doing at the moment which is um a thing that we've called sfx it's something i developed when i was in core um so it's school of effectiveness so basically what we're looking at doing is um creating a practical course for creatives to learn the principles of effectiveness so um that's on my list of things to, uh, to 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 land at some point the next year or so. But um, yeah, I'd say you'll get a waiting list. <laughs> I, well, hopefully, I hopefully, guess, yeah, I would yeah. say so. Yeah. 
yeah that's brilliant well well do keep us updated when when that's launched and and, and we'll uh, we'll update everyone on the hmm. on the on the podcast list for sure um mike thank you so much for for, for your time uh, and your for your wealth of knowledge if anyone was listening to this and wants to see the ads or or look at some of the examples go to workwithfo.e forward slash podcast where you can actually see the full episode and all, all the ads and if you're listening on a streaming platform give it a like subscribe all the good stuff um but until next week thank you very much Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much indeed. It was a real pleasure.